Hi guys, welcome to the Wabi Sabi Podcast, episode number 71. When things go wrong, you always can make them right. Today we'll be focusing on how we can turn it around, stop playing victim for the rest of our lives. Now is the time for you to pick up the pieces, put some lipstick on, as Elizabeth Taylor says, and put yourself back together. It's not easy these days. I get it. We are coming off of the tail end of a horrible pandemic. Not so bad compared to what is really always been going on in the world. Wars, disagreements, crazy, crazy times. It's all good. It's okay. I'm sure you've seen that Mercury is ending retrograde on February 3rd. We are almost there. If you've made it this far, you better just keep going. (laughs) Today on the Wabi Sabi podcast, we will learn how to manage. That means how to mend, compartmentalize, put things in a little tiny box and throw it away. I don't want you to torture yourself with anxiety for the rest of your life. Worrying will never get you anywhere. It's a big waste of time. And if you want to get anywhere in this life, I suggest that you start learning how to mend putting things back together, how to make things right, how to make everything work for you. This is a powerful shift that you could make. First and foremost, you should speak to someone you truly care about or love or they love you back about your worries. You know, whether it's Dana, Meredith, Crystal, Steph, or Courtney, I wrote a nice letter to all of my best friends and every single one of them replied or called right away Uh, And they said, let me help. Some needed a few days or a week to digest my issues. And then others immediately saw it and said, we're going to help. Sometimes it's helpful to do a recap. I don't do this often, but once every few years, I'll send out an email listing the issues that I'm having. Your peers, meaning all my friends, are the same age in that particular group. And they don't all know each other well. Some of them I don't believe have even met. They're from different walks of life. Stephanie is from college. Meredith is from my amazing 10 years in New York. Courtney is my best friend from junior high. We played fucking soccer together and tore it up. We were weird together and still are for 20 years plus. Um, And then I met Dana in sixth grade. Also weirdos, big nerds. And then Crystal and I met in junior high that is my core group I can go to with any problem I have and say here's what's going on I'm not sure what the fuck's going on I need your help you know me well and every single one of them had really consistent and sound advice you don't want to bombard your friends with all of your issues often but when you do might I add that they are happy to help I have a lot of friends going through a different personal sort of chaotic crisis, as you will put it politely. And I'm here to help you guys. So this is the Wabi Sabi podcast. The reason why I started the pod was I felt that everything in society had changed so rapidly except good advice, spirituality, and a big sister or best friend that everybody needed. I wondered for so many years where and when and how why? (laughs) And then it turns out the answer is 
life. Life is happening for you, to you, by you. And P.S. It's doing a good job for you. You look good in life. Life wouldn't really be special without you, might I add. So just be grateful that you are living. Pinch yourself right now. If you are cold, let it make you feel alive. There are millions of people out there that live in suffering and self-rooted, self-inflicted suffering every day. And then others that live in suffering that is not by choice. We should be praying deeply and honorably for all of them. Second to that, when your friends ask you, or when you ask for help, you ask them, do you need any of my help? And when you do, call me. It's so hard. I'm not going to display my friends' issues or, or things that they've called me for to help, but I am so happy to be there when they need me. I'm not perfect. I'm probably the least perfect out of all. And I think that's why it's important that we can be open and honest that things are not perfect. And the way that we portray things on Instagram or your blog or even when you're writing for fabulous outlets like Refinery29, Goop, Vogue, Well and Good. It looks like everything is perfect and everyone else has their shit together, doesn't it? Not true. In fact, while Mercury has been in retrograde since January through February 3rd, I thought I would take this time to acknowledge that last week's podcast was the highest in growth since we had come out with our new podcast in January. So that means that all of you clicked on when things go wrong as your hottest topic for January. That's when I realized, well, I need to counter this by saying, here's when and how to make things go right. And how you have complete and utter control in your wheelhouse to do this on your own. Nobody handed me a magic wand and made my life better. No man is ever going to fill your cup. And no, there is no Prince Charming that is a rich man that's going to come and sweep you off your feet. There's no hero coming. There is no one that is going to save you. You will have to save yourself. In fact, when you are your very best self, if you are longing for love, that is when your partner will come along one day and smack you in the face. He may not, or she may not, or they may not literally do that, but it is more than likely that you cannot find your partner until you become the person that they are deserving of. Meaning, who would want to date you until you loved yourself so fully and gracefully, so honorably and with dignity and respect? Until that day... You will not meet your match. You might have a fling here or there or bang a couple of guys that are, you know, super hot or whatever you need to do. Do it. Do it. I'm I'm all about that. I You guys know that about me. I'm not one of those people that's like, I married my sweetheart from here or there. Mm-mm. First of all, I'm probably not going to marry a sweetheart. I'll tell you that. I like men with an edge. And second of all, my God, I would have been so bored by now. That is not to say that people can't find great and deep, fabulous love from a long period of time ago. But times have changed. Like I said, I started the Wabi Sabi podcast because, my God, we needed to modernize being a wild and crazy woman while also being a complete and outer boss. I handle all of my taxes, paperwork, 
every single piece of administration goes through me. It's tough. This is brutal. But my God, you can handle it. Another way that we can learn to sort of mend and make the situation right is just to be a good and honest person, to constantly practice good and honest behavior, practices, morals, values. Stop letting people that have bad behavior get away with bad behavior and stop following those people. Unfollow shitty people on all social. I don't follow people that I don't truly admire at the end of the day. If their body of work is not something that I would be very proud of following, not really into it. You can choose who you decide to support with a simple follow or unfollow. So make sure that you get in there and support like-minded women who are uplifting, cool, honest, open. It doesn't mean that you're an angel. Might I add, read one of Cheryl Strayed's books. She has an incredible book called uh, Dear Sugar. It changed my life. It made me realize that people were so deeply and utterly fucked up. It made me feel relieved. Feeling of relief. One of the best feelings in the world to have. I was so happy to read these stories of just people that had lives that were... um, They didn't seem perfect. You know, they were people with like sex addictions... They had been abused. They were in bad relationships. They were cheating on their partner. It was all so real. And when we are very real and honest and open about our lives, that is when we can begin to overlap our stories and we share stories. The only way that we can grow and develop into the person that I know you are supposed to be is by personal development, storytelling at its greatest. Sometimes it means writing to an anonymous person like they did with Dear Sugar. It was actually Cheryl Strayed, one of the best books I've ever written. Read, excuse me. Sorry, I'm used to saying both ways. Written and read. Speaking of, bing, contract came in today. Very excited for my next book. So exciting. If you haven't picked up my recent books Kintsugi Wellness or Clean Green Eats, please, please do so. Personal enrichment is key. While learning to make things right and to work for you, it is also important, like I said, to be there for others. It doesn't just mean your friends or your family. One of the most important areas in life to nourish and nourish beautifully, if you want to be successful in this lifetime and get out of your personal slump, nourish the team that surrounds you at work. I mean, in every way possible. I try to cook meals for the girls on my team. I make matcha lattes, blueberry smoothies, sweet potato smoothies. I get excited to make nourishing foods and smoothies, lattes for my team. I don't know why, but it feels really good to sit down and have a meal with them as well. Nourish your team with words of love, enlightenment, and encouragement. When they are doing a good job, tell them. Tell them. The difference between a good day and a bad day for most women, especially young women, is telling them that they are doing a great job. And that means no bullshit either. It means you actually believe that they are improving with every single 
minute of the day. And although we are not perfect in our minutes through the day, we can certainly look at a cumulative scale and notice if somebody is excelling over a period of time or not. If they are, tell them. I grew up with parents who rarely told me I was doing good until I scored goals or I got an A on a test or I got into AP English. I felt dumb my whole life. I felt like I was judged off of grades versus my creativity and strengths, which happened to be in public speaking and the arts. I was completely demolished because I hated taking tests. I fucking hated chemistry and physics, and I just wanted to get through life without having to do any sort of test. I felt so dumb when we had to take things like the SATs or when we had to apply for college. I knew I didn't care about academia. I knew I was smart in my own way, which happened to be through the creative arts, through writing, through speaking, through storytelling. So when I started to hear, good job, or you're in AP English, I knew my strengths were in writing, a form of expression where I had always felt so dumb. But writing was so beautiful because I always thought there's no way that my English teacher is going to be able to judge me based off the creative artistry from which I am expressing my true inner beliefs and feelings. And indeed, they would grade you on things like grammar and spelling, organization, thought process, flow, creativity. And even then, even then, I've been doing a lot of inner child searching. When you look at the other girls on your team, and maybe there's some wild men, tell them they're doing a good job. When they need to learn something, you teach them. You teach them. Be a beautiful teacher. I'm not perfect. I suppose in my early 20s and 30s, I was probably a shithead. I apologize to anybody that I hurt over those 20 years. I wasn't good. I was learning. But at least I can be the first person to admit that I was not perfect. I was not well. I didn't make much. I was living out of a suitcase when I came to New York City with $200 in the bank account and no job. I just knew that I had faith I would make a name for myself in that town. Probably couldn't get there unless I heard good job from Pam Krause. In fact, she gave me more than a good job. She wrote me an email that said, when I was 26, I have never seen another author work harder than you. Printed out the email, put it on my bulletin board. If she did not give me positive self-affirmation, I don't know that I would have been a truly good author. I appreciate you, Pam. Years later, Karen Rinaldi has me in her office. She's in the documentary Roadrunner. Anthony Bourdain's former editor, God bless her. She was like, I love your Japanese take on life, spirituality. Your new book, Kintsugi Wellness, is going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
we know you can do it and you are ready to write your first Japanese book. I would have never have written this book if Julie Will and Karen Rinaldi didn't tell me I was good at what I did. I still don't believe. Turn around and I'm like, who? Me? Are you talking to me? (laughs) The little girl that was called stupid by her older sister. And Jenny, it's totally fine. (laughs) I say it with tears welling in my eyes. I always thought I was dumb because I was told I was dumb and I believed it. The little, and I was called that by my mom too. You know, it wasn't just my sister. I think that people had high expectations. And if you were raised in that similar mind state where you thought you were dumb, but you knew you were great at writing, creating, storytelling, putting things together, the arts, there is no shame in being an artist. Maybe you were great at choir throwing a football, hitting a basketball, sorry, hitting a baseball, throwing a basketball, surfing, skating, beach, volleyball. Like you could have been good at a million things and just hated taking tests. Don't let yourself feel dumb because of that tiny little inner child that was told they were stupid because we were really bad at taking tests. I'm not making excuses for test taking. I'm just saying It is very possible that there's a large group of us that grew up together thinking that we were stupid because we weren't getting A's on every single test we took. There's a lot of nerves, anxiety, expectation. A lot of it's just memorization, lines. I am a huge advocate of trying to hear positive affirmations from others. And when you hear them, take them with deep sincerity give to others. All they need is words and words are free. Keep them positive, enlightened, open, honorable, and honest. If somebody's not really working on your team, then let them go with grace. One of the hardest practices we will ever have in our lives is gracefully letting go of things that are no longer meant for us. I digress when I do not practice grace and I talk about it with you all the time on this podcast. I simultaneously believe that you can say the word fuck and still be a graceful person. It is through your practices that make you a beautiful and honest and just deep human being. We should not be judged by our faults and by our imperfections, but rather by the times that we can find deep grace and gratitude for what we do. For when you are honest and honorable, karma plays a large role in our lives. It is a very real thing. And I am taught by my cellular release therapist, along with the other mentors and friends I practice all kinds of meditation and spirituality with, that it is not in my wheelhouse to focus on the bad things like anxiety, worry, replaying events over and over in my mind. And I know you do this too. It is not in our greatest power to focus on these negative things, but rather to let them go, compartmentalize, put them aside. They don't belong in you. Take back your power. Don't let others take advantage of you. And like I had said in last week's episode, number 70, read Marcus Aurelius 
and his book Meditations. You can be many things, like I said. There is no testament to what the word graceful actually means. But I think that we can practice to become better people through adversity, which means the hard times you're going through right now, and grace. You'll never be able to grow in this one lifetime until you go through the trials and the adversity in which God will provide for you to be tested. That's a sure thing. doesn't matter if you pray to Buddha or the angels, the universe. It could be anything. I believe in all forms of spirituality divinely in their own way. And what you believe in is respectfully what you believe in. We should not put our thoughts and ideas onto others, but rather give open advice, options, and choices. Sharing our stories merely means here's an option for you to listen to. And that's what we'll do today. One of the last forms that I will share with you on how to make your life a little bit better is to let go of an expectation, a dream, a wish, a thought, a belief that you once had. So many of us are tied to our belief system. You believed when you were a little girl that you would be married by 30 and you would have babies by 32 and you would marry a rich man and he would give you a home with keys, a big car with a red bow on it, and he would put lots of money into your bank account. Well, my friend, that is a dream that or a belief system that we were taught when we were little girls. Not reality. In fact, my reality was like, I can't even, I can't describe it to you. I hope I am able to write it into a show script one day because it's so good. My reality was a lot of drugs, drinking, partying, wild nights, which I do not regret ever. I had a fabulous time. I know you know that, and I know you did too. Uh, (laughs) And I don't regret a fucking thing. And it was like, it was like writing simultaneously for shape and men's health and all that bullshit and judging on Iron Chef, and while I was sitting there grinning with my beautiful teeth, you had no idea what I was going to go out and do that night. I don't regret a thing. I learned so much from the deepest depths of my worst darkness. I think coming out of it on top later on in life is what makes the contrast so beautiful. Like when you see a painting, if it's all one note, you're they're not going to see any depth. Or if you're looking at you know, say you're watching a TV show and it's so boring because it's just dull. It's not full of life. It's not in 3D. It doesn't have any texture. You need to find these nooks and crannies and arcs and lulls. You need to find the differences that make life so vibrant and beautiful. That is why we talk about everything from religion to business, spirituality, the arts, creativity, health, wellness, beauty, culture, travel. I will talk to you about everything because I have lived everything. And sometimes I will be frank with you. I feel like I'm just getting started. In fact, making a right turn into spirituality from food, wellness, culture, and beauty was not easy. I got fucking hosed the last two years. It's hard to put myself back on Instagram or TikTok because it's like, shit, I've done everything. Like I, I'm working deeply on new projects that will be very meaningful. 
But I'm with you guys when it comes to these very hard and anxious times. And back to what we were saying, you know, practicing grace through the tough times means learning to live with a little bit of faith, not worrying so much about what might happen. What if playing these ideas and tricks through our head and mind every day is not useful. In fact, it is counterintuitive to being very productive. Your most productive years will be in your very near future. Plan for it. Until then, if you're young, have fun. Don't listen to me. Fuck what I said about this. If you're like 20 and 30, go out and party. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot. I, I mean, I wish I could write a book and maybe I will one day on that. You will learn so much by exploring and virtually just letting go. You will never be able to have another time in your life like the days that you once had yesterday. So live them out. Stop worrying about the what ifs. Learn to mend your problems. If you have a chaotic life that seems like it is falling apart and unraveling before your eyes, fix it. Be down for five to 10 minutes. Then every day you were going to make progress. Today, I rented all the camera equipment, sound equipment, and all of our gear that we needed for the shoot. And we got our COIs done. I paid off my fucking taxes this weekend. I mailed them in. I did my volunteer work on Saturday. We fed 500 people in a few hours at the local food church bank. I got these things done. Tomorrow, I work on more progress studies as far as it goes with my training for this new beauty brand, and then we put together the schedule for the shoot. Administrative-wise, I'm always on top of all of my bills, my payments, and taxes and credit cards. I take responsibility for all of my actions. We spoke about that last week in the podcast. You cannot expect to get 20 steps ahead of everyone unless you get your shit together. If you're young, like I said, keep partying, have fun. If you are older, learn to start buttoning up, take care of yourself, and get shit done. Productivity comes when you wake in the morning, meditate, make your tea, lay down, breathe in, and breathe out. And let things go. As you get older with time, you will learn that relaxation, quiet space, not being so loud or chaotic, not doing the drugs anymore. (laughs) They make you feel so much better. Sobriety is just like phenomenally beautiful. There is nothing like feeling all the feels in real life. It is crazy. I highly recommend trying hip, hypnosis therapy or cellular release therapy. It is so productive and it really works. There's nothing better than being in peace with your own mind. What about little one? What are you doing? Cece says hi. Pets known to reduce stress and relieve anxiety and help you to feel loved and be loved and give love 
all for free. Cross off everything that you did on your list and be proud. Listen to the affirmations that were given to you by other women or men along the way. Give positive nourishment to the rest of your team and keep giving it with sincerity and grace. Stop worrying about the what-ifs. They're never going to happen. Stand up for doing the right thing because you can always do the right thing. If you're young, you can still make time to be wild. Do it. You learn so much from just letting go. Get rid of the expectation that someday some man or sugar mama is going to save your life. They're not. You're going to have to save yourself. Make time to become the person that you know that your partner will deserve to have. Be a good person. Know that we are flawed in all that we do. But we can still take every day and take time to be a better person. Give your very best to everyone every day and live with the notion that everybody is really, truly trying their best. If you really want to make things better and mend your life, take the initiative to take responsibility for what you're putting out into the world. Unfollow the people that do not make you feel good. Start looking at the bigger picture of what matters. Health, your family's health, a roof over your head, clean water, warmth at night, food on the table, and you are breathing right now with a heartbeat. I think that was Cece's tummy. What was that? <laughs> That's what he called the baby cobra. Baby cobra. She she doesn't like. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I always digress when we go to Cece, but that's the beauty of animals, right? You never know what they're going to do. By the way, speaking of animals, I'm so excited that Jackass Forever is coming out February 3rd. That's not an advertisement. That's just like truly the inner child in me getting excited. There's nothing better than Johnny Knoxville and a bunch of crazy guys skateboarding, CKY2K, all of it. So good. So funny so real. Okay, now we're going to move on to questions. So today I got a love letter that I'd like to read instead of our regular question session. If you'd like to write a letter to me anytime, you can write at info at candiskumai.com and I'll answer your questions and read them on the pod. I will leave this one slightly anonymous. KW, this is your email over to me. Hi, Candace. I've been following your journey off and on over the past few years since I discovered you for myself, and I'm not sure how I found you, but I am so glad I did. I am a Midwestern farm girl who spent some time in the SF Bay area during most of my formative years. Good for you. And having landed back in the Midwest to be closer to my family feels reminiscent of your own journey to connect to your roots. Ancestors are everything, and where you come from is the base of who you are. We should all honor that. Amen. I currently work 
in a nine to five in the corporate world. I am working on diversifying my hustle with something on the side. Writing is in my future alongside some consulting. If you need any tech consulting, oh yes, I absolutely will. This is me shooting my shot. Uh Very funny, and I absolutely will. Um, I'm working through some typical workplace nonsense, as well as some anxiety, depression, exacerbated by this time of pandemia. Isn't that crazy, Katie? That was just what we were talking about today. I hope this podcast actually helps you a lot. So it's been making, finding the drive hard. I miss part of me that I used to have the drive and the hunger when I was in the Bay. I worked three jobs after breaking up with the guy I moved out here with. I was determined to make the Bay Area work for me. My question for you is a two-parter, if I may. A, have you ever lost the drive and hunger and how have you gotten it back? And B, do you have any pieces of writing that you have regretted? I love your work on the pod. I love watching you to continue to grow and shine. Have a great week, XX. KW. Well, here goes. First of all, in reflection on your letter, thank you. Hands on my heart. I want to well into tears because you remind me so much of myself. I left my boyfriend in LA over 13 years ago because it was time. I was very young and my sister had sent me a quote that had told me to leave. It is a Mark Twain quote. And I'm going to read it to you just so you can have it in mind for what you are looking for, Katie. I hope you don't mind saying your, your name. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Have you ever lost the drive and hunger and how have you gotten it back? All the time, every day. I think I told you in last week's podcast, I got a nasty email from somebody I worked with. Somebody fell out of a project that we've been on for months. And at the same time, I got somehow caught up in some incident, accused of things I did not do. It was very rough. I talked to those who I love about it. Like I had mentioned, I wrote a a letter to my girlfriends. And um, I also got good feedback from the people that love me the most. I saw my therapist because I had to commit to going back to seeing her on a regular basis. And Katie, I've committed to meditation every day for over 30 minutes now. Because when I get numb and I can't feel my hands anymore, and I feel like my mind is completely eradicated of any noise and it feels so clean and clear, that's when I know my meditation is working. It has taken months to get there. It works, though, in finding how to get the drive and hunger back. If you are back home and you are in too much comfort, you may need to change what you're looking for in work. 
absolutely go out there and see what else is available. I say this to every person that has ever moved home. If you are still young, tack yourself up next to a big city. If you can make a commute, say you're in the Midwest, you can still tack up next to a big city and visit your parents on a regular basis. Remember the Mark Twain quote. It will really help you in the long run. I don't think you want to regret looking back on this time having said I didn't do anything in the big city. If you feel that San Francisco was enough time for you, you can continue to expand your business where you are, go into consulting, start a new website, gain more experience and skills, sign up for courses, go to the local community college, make some new friends, start meditating at a Buddhist temple, go start a spiritual congregation with whatever it is you believe in and get re-inspired. Whatever you do though, don't let yourself lose the big city mentality. I don't care what anybody says. I'm New York ride or die. I always will have that mentality. That city was the best drug I ever did. And I don't regret a thing. Don't lose the drive and the hunger. It's in you. It comes in waves. Katie, you can't have the drive and the hunger all the time. That'd be a little bit nuts. You can only have it in these creative outbursts. So remember when the tide comes up, the waves start getting really big. That's when you can generate the best sort of surfing. So just keep going. Find, follow, create, explore, discover, dream. Don't regret a thing. Keep doing what makes you feel amazing and get some travel in there to be reignited. Second, do you have any pieces of writing that you have regretted? Well, I'm wondering if you've read something that you think I should regret. (laughs) I don't think so. My books are so well edited by professionals that are above me at the publishing house. The only thing I can think of is this. Okay, wasn't supposed to write about my dumb ex-boyfriend in one of my books. I was told not to multiple times. Did I listen? I'm a Taurus. Of course I didn't listen. And then I ended up regretting that. So there you go. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, whatever. It was a it was a learning lesson. It was a learning curve. Come on. We were all with people at some point in our lives where we look back and we're like, hmm? What the fuck was I thinking? It's all good. It's all good. It was great at the time. I don't regret anybody I've ever dated. Honestly, I think they all played a beautiful part of the puzzle in life that you're supposed to put these little pieces together, even though they don't always make sense. They will when you see the bigger picture one day when you are 80 in your rocking chair and you're looking back on your life. I had a lot of fun times, I will say that. Don't regret anything, Katie, especially not the ex-boyfriend. Learn from it, take from it, grow from it. And like we are saying in today's podcast, every little piece of your life plays a role in the bigger picture of the puzzle. So until you start putting those pieces back together, and you learn to mend your heart and put your life into perspective, you'll never be able to see the full sunset. It is only until we are finished with every little piece that we can begin to see our life unfold, even just a portion of it. Until it is your last day of breathing on this planet, 
you will not know what it feels like to have the full spectrum. I hope and pray that I see all of you again in another lifetime. And then in that lifetime, maybe we're able to figure out more about what our life on this one planet was supposed to be like and for. Until then, I I won't know all the answers. I can only give you my best opinions. But also, maybe when we pass, we're not supposed to know. Possible that maybe the afterlife is so wonderful that we won't care. But also possible that if this is the one to be a very good person, to be of good use, to try to be better with each day, and to know that everyone's life can be broken and can be put back together just like Kintsugi. Don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, write a five-star review for us on Apple. I would love to read them. I have not read any juicy ones lately. That's a please to you. I know you guys listen to this podcast and you haven't written a review yet. Don't forget to check out all of our new upcomings on TikTok and follow and like as much as you can on all of our crazy wild posts that we put out there. Please write a five-star review for Kintsugi Wellness and pick up a copy of my latest book. Being a writer has not been easy. It is not a job that I thought I would do because I always thought it was dumb growing up as a little girl in Carlsbad. Through the years, I have figured out how powerful we are through our grace and through the light that comes to shine. It is really in your aura that you give off to other people. So be a good person, help others. Don't pay attention to the shitheads anymore and just keep moving on. You've got this. Until next week, I will see you guys again. Have a beautiful week and know that somebody is always taking notes.